everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Voices of Forestry podcast. I'm your host, Seth Stevenson, the Communications Coordinator for the Arkansas Forestry Association. Now, I wanted to give you a bit of a heads up this month before we hop into the episode. The audio is going to sound a little bit different than in some of our older episodes. Our guest this month had some safety concerns due to COVID, so we decided to do our interview over the phone. We here at the Arkansas Forestry Association want to make sure all of our guests remain safe during this time, so we did things a little bit differently. But without further ado, let's hop into the episode where I sat down with our guest, Mr. Harold McAlpine, the owner of the McAlpine Christmas Tree Farm. We are recording, um, and you don't have to do anything on your end, so you're all good. So if you're ready to go, we'll uh, we'll hop right into this. Okay. All right, so Mr. McAlpine, uh, if you could just kind of give me a, uh, a history of the McAlpine Christmas Tree Farm. Okay, we acquired the land for the Christmas Tree Farm in uh, mid-summer of 19... 19- uh, 81 and uh, uh, I chose it because it was land you could work on in wet weather and uh, and uh, was suitable for growing Virginia pine Christmas trees uh, I had worked in industrial forestry for about 11 years and decided that I had no one well suited to spend the rest of my career in, in a big company so we struck off on our own with this operation uh, primarily as a wholesale tree operation. We started out uh, clearing rough pasture land. Uh, took seven years basically to clear up the uh, 80 acres that we had had bought uh, to begin with. Clear enough each year to plant 10,000 trees, um, which uh, from a forestry standpoint doesn't seem like a lot. From a Christmas tree standpoint, it's a lot of trees for a family operation. Uh, and we were looking at selling uh, primarily uh, wholesale. Uh, we would clear enough each year to plant another 10,000 trees. And uh, we had uh, done quite a bit of research, but you'll learn a lot as you go, too. Uh, but uh, we first started to get some trees to market. Uh, I guess the first few were in 1985, uh, a fairly substantial number in 86. And then uh, uh, we were in full production by 87. Um, first trees were planted in uh, February of 1982. And uh, we uh, operated at that kind of a level for a long time. Uh, and then as our, our two sons had, had moved on with their careers, uh, my wife and I started scaling back. We hired help for a while, and that was... Uh, not entirely satisfactory, so we could just scale back to most of what we could deal with other than big workloads like harvest time. And uh, now we are at a level where we plant 1,500 trees a year, and uh, we sell all together uh, retail here at the farm. Okay, so so the farm is a place where people can visit and get their Christmas trees when, when right. the season yeah. hits. Okay, cool. Yeah, we, and we have people that come... Uh, as early as, well, we don't like them to come before the end of October, and they'll come and pre-mark trees to come back and get. We uh, we don't make any any guarantee that the tree will be here because occasionally some people don't have much holiday spirit, and they'll take a tree somebody else has marked. Mm-hmm. So we don't take payment or anything until a tree is actually cut, but people are welcome to come and enjoy the time in the field and, and put a tag on a tree and, 
and market. Uh, and uh, one thing that we do do a little different from a lot of tree farms, we uh, we have a lot of requests from photographers for family holiday seasonal uh, photo shoots for greeting cards and one thing and another. And we uh, we work to schedule that to avoid conflicts. And it's a little more of an issue with this COVID stuff now. Mm-hmm. But uh, we do we do not charge the photographers. Oh, wow. Hopefully they pass the savings on to their customers and view that as a public relations opportunity. And, and hopefully some of those people come back and buy trees, and I'm sure that, that a lot of them do. But uh, we don't really look on that as a, a revenue, another source of revenue. Mm-hmm. We look on it more as a, a community service, if you would. Yeah, that's that's an interesting, I guess, alternative use for, for your, your property that not many people may think of is, you know— having uh having this opportunity for people to come out and at the very least since you're not charging them you're at least getting them on the property so they can see what you guys have yeah yeah and i I think that we we benefit we've had uh i know we've had one wedding here we've had a few other little things but again we don't charge for anything like that we just uh, try to help people where we can yeah Awesome. So if you could, how, how is it different? Because I'm sure there's at least a couple of differences between growing a Christmas tree farm and, say, growing just a, a, a normal, quote-unquote, normal tree farm uh, that most, most people might think of. Well, um, there are a lot of major differences. Uh, with uh, Virginia pine Christmas trees, especially, and we do grow some Leyland cypress, and they're a little different animal to deal with. But the Virginia pine Christmas tree is uh, probably one of the tougher things to grow a good quality tree. They're not a tree that uh, is easy to work with. They're, you plant them for the first year, and, uh, and you got to have good weed control. Your ground can't be too wet. They don't like wet places. Uh, you've got to have them planted on a spacing that you can get through and work with the equipment because it's very highly intensive. And uh, plant the trees, all of our trees are, are cross-check spaced, eight-foot rows, six feet in the row for Christmas trees. And uh, you plant the tree, you spray it four times a year for tip moth control. You uh, spray herbicide to control the weeds to give the tree a chance to grow. They're very shade intolerant. You've got to be well away from any surrounding timber because they uh, they don't tolerate shade. And uh, but you hope that the tree has a good first year and gets off to a good start. You don't, we don't really do any uh, anything with it that first growing season. At the end of that season, you go through and you prune off all the bottom branches to get a, a what we call a handle, so it'll fit in a Christmas tree stand. Mm-hmm. The next spring, those trees take off and grow, and they look like a little wild bush. And you basically cut forks out, straighten the top of them up, get a leader established by pruning. Prune the the leader, the laterals, and cut off everything that doesn't look like a Christmas tree. And then uh, you do that again, that's usually in late May, early June. Uh, You go through the the spraying and uh, for tip moth, for weeds, and mowing through the season. You get to about the 1st of September, it's time to straighten up the top, cut the top out, cut the laterals back, and cut everything off that doesn't look like a Christmas tree again. And you basically repeat all of that 
twice a year uh, mm-hmm. for, for the trees that we sell are, are six years old in a field. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been pruned ten times to make them look like they look. They've been sprayed for tip moth uh, four times a year for six years, 24 times. Uh, depending on the amount of rainfall, you sprayed herbicide around them at least once, sometimes twice a year. And then when you get to the final harvest, you uh, uh, go through and uh, we'll uh, uh, spray them with a colorant because Virginia pine is bad to turn a yellow-orange color after uh, the first frost if you uh, you don't do that. Uh, it really doesn't paint them green, though it is a green colorant. Mm-hmm. It's as much a sunscreen. If you wait till <laughs> to get them yellow, you can never put enough on to cover the, the color up. Yeah. Got to put it on before the first frost, and then a week or two before they're going to be harvested, you spray them with malathion or uh, one of the other insecticides to kill the bark aphids, the spiders, and all of the critters that are in the tree, so that people have a good experience taking the tree home. And then uh, all the trees you go through, mark them. We we mark ours. We don't individually price the trees. We sell mm-hmm. them by size category. Each tree has a flag tied in the top that designates the size, which designates the price. And uh, when the trees are cut, and people most mostly cut their own, we cut some mm-hmm. for them if they need help. Each tree is shaken to shake out the dead, loose needles in them from previous years. And then it's wrapped. We use a twine baler rather than a netting baler. So each tree is, is shaken and, and wrapped to, help, to have it ready for the people to transport so you see that each tree has a lot of attention. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's um, it, it seems like, and my ignorance may be shown through a little bit here, but it seems like there's a lot, it's a more intensive process than, in, you know, say growing X amount of loblolly pines on a normal tree farm. Yeah, yeah, you know, and we do, and we do that too. As we've taken mm-hmm. land out of Christmas tree production, we've put it into loblolly pine production. And, uh, and we've stayed with the cross-check spacing, just planting every other spot in a row. So our loblollies are eight-foot rows, 12 feet in a row. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they do very well. But really, the only thing that we do there, and we're uh, more intensive with our culture of a lot of that than we are, uh, than most anybody else is with loblolly pine, because we do do some pruning, and we do do some mowing in them, and, uh, and we do, uh, at times, do some tip moth control. Um, but, uh, you know, with the loblolly pine, you basically let it grow mm-hmm. and, uh, and do everything you can to facilitate its growth. With the Virginia pine, you basically are re- retarding the growth to grow a, a shapely, dense tree because you may have 16 or 18 inches of growth in the top of the tree and you cut it back to 8 or 10. So, mm-hmm. you know, each pruning, you're cutting the top out of the tree, which a lot of people have a hard time understanding that but that's what makes it you know where you, where you cut the top out the tree sets another another whorl of branches mm-hmm. it's a pretty ruthless sort of a of an operation uh, in terms of what most folks would think of trying to grow a great big tree yeah you, you know you could grow a virginia pine that'd be 20 feet tall in six years and it would have no possibilities of ever being considered for a christmas tree mm-hmm but of course, I mean, I guess we should we should kind of um, specify too here that it's all 
you're not killing the tree by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you're, you guys are growing these for six years and then selling them off as healthy, normal Christmas trees. Right, yeah. Okay. So uh, let me ask you this, if, if you don't mind. Um, since you guys started back in the early 80s to now, have you guys seen a pretty consistent group of customers come through? I guess I'm kind of hinting at the um, getting a live tree versus getting a fake tree for Christmas. Um, I, I, have you guys pr- seen a pretty consistent group of people come to get a, a real live Christmas tree? We have. We've got people that say that they've been here for over 25 years to get trees. We've got people who uh, have uh, come as little kids, and now they're bringing their kids. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, people come and go. People will shift from a real tree to an artificial tree, Mm -hmm. and then a lot of times they'll shift back. We've had people say that they just didn't like the, the artificial tree. We had one one customer one time that said they went to an artificial tree and the thing caught fire and about burned their house down. They went back to a real tree. <laughs> Which you'd think it would be the opposite, or at least that's what they yeah, caution you. Yeah, that's what so. people would like to lead you to believe. Yeah. But uh, our sales are pretty consistent year to year. Uh, it's one of those things that, you know, some people, you know, we'll pick up new customers. We, uh, I'm sure we, we lose some, you know, to attrition. People get older, they... Don't put up trees. The kids aren't coming. But we have uh, we have people that have come here with their parents, and they have moved off to say Dallas, Texas. They come home for Thanksgiving, and we open Thanksgiving Day before they go back. They take their Christmas tree back there with them. Oh wow! Uh, we have people that take off. We had uh, uh, one uh, car full of people that came from Broken Bow, Oklahoma, last year to get a tree. Yeah, and uh, it seems like uh, you know a lot of people. A lot of people enjoy it. Fortunately for us and them too. Well, it's a big. It's a big part of the Christmas experience, right? Getting the tree, going out there, picking one out, and then bringing it home to set up and decorate. Yeah, and we've tried to uh, to maintain a price level that's more friendly than what some of the uh, the other folks are. Mm-hmm. You know, we. Uh, Well, uh, if you could, kind of, again, my, my ignorance may be showing here a little bit, but what is the difference between, say, the trees that you guys have versus the the little pop-up tree stand that appears in the Kroger parking lot every year? What are Is there a difference between you guys, 
those two operations? Well, a pretty major difference. At, at one time, uh, a lot of our trees were sold by service clubs, churches, and that sort of thing. So we that's the kind of wholesale customers we had. Okay. Uh, all as far away as West Texas, out into Oklahoma, uh, far north as Iowa. Uh, but uh, most of the trees that you see at these stands are trees that are produced in the lake states or in the way, northwest. Mm-hmm. And uh, they... Uh, have been cut for a considerable length of time and uh, with that some of them don't have real good needle retention some species worse than others they've dried out they're just not like a tree that you can go out cut fresh and put it right in water and have a nice green fresh tree right till Christmas you know? mm-hmm. yeah. some of them are good trees uh, the Fraser firs out of North Carolina are a beautiful tree and a tree that we'd sell for 25 a tree that, tree that size will cost you a hundred dollars okay. um but, uh, but, you know, they are truly a beautiful tree. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, people, they don't have the experience of coming to the farm, coming to the country, getting out where the kids can run around in the field and, uh, and, and choose their tree. They're not the, the, the kind of involvement there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a freshness v- factor and a grown locally factor then. Um, I guess are the two big differences. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say that's uh, that's it. And uh, you know, I don't know do we have any other wholesale growers. I know we have no substantial ones in Arkansas. We had wholesale customers like uh, there was an Optimus Club in Conway. It was one of the last ones that, and I'd warned them for years that we were going to be phasing out wholesale sales. Mm-hmm. They uh, they were very sad to see us get out of the business, but we. Uh, uh, out of the wholesale business, but we did, and they uh, they tried it for another year or so with other trees and, and weren't successful. But uh, mm. uh, uh, but we sold trees to them for over twenty five years. Yeah. Well, well, that brings me kind of to my next question: is uh, I you know you've talked about some of the changes that you guys have made since you guys started, but why exactly? Why is it? Why do you guys keep doing this? What is it about this that you guys are like? Yeah, let's keep. Let's keep going. Well, it's, uh, you know, I grew up on a farm, uh, so I had a lot of experience with agricultural equipment, stuff like that. I'm a registered forester. It's it's just one of those things where both uh, an ag background and a forestry background can come together and, and be productive. But one of the things that, that was one of my considerations was I didn't like the way that I saw the children of my colleagues developing. I'd grown up on a farm, and in that kind of situation, you become an electrician, a carpenter, a welder, a mechanic, and a lot of other things, mm-hmm. at least on farms in that day. And uh, I thought that would be a good thing for my my boys, and uh, we uh, and we did we did that, and they both are very accomplished in dealing with all of that stuff, and and in their own own lives and working with their, their kids now but uh, you know we just uh, enjoy doing it and continue to, to doing this as, as long as we're we're able to do it okay and I guess we should say because I, I got connected with you guys through one of your sons um, John McAlpine who is still in the forestry business yes yeah he's on, on the forestry commission yes and, uh, he, he, and, he, and he works as a consultant 
Yeah, so yeah. he's so something must have worked back in the day because it, it, it seems to have stuck. The whole forestry business stuck with him. All right, well, uh, Mr. McAlpine, I guess one of the last things that we wanted to do was make sure that we gave you an opportunity to kind of explain to us where you guys are located. Uh, if people are interested in coming out and trying, maybe for the first time, to pick out their own Christmas tree on an actual Christmas tree farm here in Arkansas, uh, what do they need to do? I know this year may be a little different with, with COVID going on, but what exactly do people need to know to get to you guys when it comes time to buy a Christmas tree. Okay, we're uh, uh, we're making, taking some steps to be sure that we're safe and compliant with good practices and dealing with this COVID nineteen stuff. We've arranged for outdoor portable toilets and, and uh, uh, safety gear and hand sanitizing stations and working on plans and hiring some extra help to streamline things to keep people spread out. Uh, I think you can get all the information anybody would need on the Arkansas Christmas Tree Growers Association website on our farm and other farms in any particular part of the state. Uh, but uh, we're located uh, just west of Bismarck, Arkansas, uh, off of Highway 84. There will be signs on the side of the road. There's one there all year, and then we'll have additional signage out. Two and a half miles west of Highway 7, just about midway between Arkadelphia and uh and Hot Springs, Highway 84 crosses Highway Arkansas Highway 7, and we're west of uh, of Highway 7, just off of 84. We're a uh, half mile from the highway on our own private gravel road that comes in here. Okay. And, and we're open from uh, daylight till dark, seven days a week, Thanksgiving Day till Christmas Eve. Okay. All right. And we'll make sure to put the link to the Christmas Tree Growers Association uh, in a place where people can find it in case they uh, they want to go there and check it out and get some more information. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. McAlpine, um, I think, is there anything else you want that you would like to say before we kind of wrap things up or anything else that I maybe forgot to, forgot to mention? No, not that I can think of, except I hope everybody has a, has a good Christmas in spite of all the hassles we've had this year. It's been a trial. And there you have it. There's our Christmas-themed episode of Voices of Forestry. As always, we want to give a big shout-out and thank you to Rob McCormick slash some guy named Rob for the use of our theme song, The Same Love, off of his album, The Folkster. You can find more of his work on Spotify or wherever you get your music. I would also like to say thank you to Mr. Harold McAlpine for giving us some of his time during this very busy season. If you want to find any tree farms near you here in Arkansas, you can visit the Arkansas Christmas Tree Growers Association website at arctreegrowers.com. And if you're interested in learning more about the Arkansas Forestry Association, you can find us online at arcforest.org. That's A-R-K-F-O-R-E-S-T-S dot org. Well, we'll be back next month with a new guest and a new topic, but in the meantime, we here at the Arkansas Forestry Association would like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday. Happy Holidays!